I'm Glenn Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a year. Yeah. It has a been a year, right? A solid year, yeah. yeah. I think the last time we recorded was February or January last year. Yeah, something year. like this. Yeah, I think so. So it's been a trying year for everybody, I'm sure, uh, us included, mm. with Emily working in wine and restaurants and myself in tattooing, two industries particularly hard <laughs> hit by the pandemic. Yeah. So I think we wanted to talk today a little bit about what we did during lockdown. What we're hoping is that by the time this airs, you are not in lockdown anymore, or at least we're all emerging out of our little bunkers mm. into, the, into the spring. So this year, we will run the podcast over the summer rather than the autumn. Yes. So we've got, we're going to be releasing episodes every three weeks. Because we got a lot of other stuff to sort out with post, post-corona. Yeah. I think like everyone has so much extra effort to put into now their businesses yeah. and whatever else. But we want to bring a little fun still and mm. a little joy. So we both bought a bottle of wine each today of one of the wines that we've been drinking a lot of. Right. Over, or more of than other more wines. Of. So yeah, we each brought a wine that was... It's quite funny because they're kind of similar coloured as well, right? They are, yeah. Is yours a rosé or a red? I think mine's just a, a straight red. up red, yeah. but it's a really juicy red. Yeah, cool. I mean, I have to say I did choose mine with an element of shameless self-promotion on my part since I did do the label. <laughs> um, and well, I import this wine, so maybe it's <laughs> so also it's the same. So it's maybe the self-promotion episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's nothing wrong with that, especially after a year of hardship and hustling extra hard to make sure that everything stays on track. I think it's good to show what we also do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I guess we haven't really touched base on much about what we're doing and what's up with yeah, us actually so from the first episode, which feels like a very long feels time Feels like a ago. lifetime ago now. Different, a different, different world, yeah, totally. <laughs> so let's talk about what each of us, maybe when the pandemic hit, we were both at really, yeah, interesting different points. You'd just gotten the keys to your restaurant. restaurant. Where we're sitting today, Aura. Yeah beautiful space which this season I think most of our episodes if not all will come from here yeah yeah I mean it was a bit of a weird start because we we purchased um the restaurant on the 11th of March and then I remember that dreaded Friday I think it was a a Friday the 13th right because we ran into each other also (laughs) was that on Friday the 13th I think so yeah yeah. or it might have been Thursday the 12th I saw you something like that yeah maybe (laughs) Because it was our last yeah. dinner out before they announced lockdown. It was mad. Yeah, was, that was my second to last night out because they, I remember they announced on the Friday we're closing the bars on the Tuesday. Right. And then on the Saturday, they closed the bars right. early anyway. And it was just like, what the hell's going on? I remember sitting in this, in this restaurant thinking, what have we done? What yeah. have we done? <laughs> Are we ever going to be able to open? Because yeah. it had this kind of, you know, I don't want to speak in hyperbole, but it did have this kind of apocalyptic feel Absolutely. at the time of just like it was very bad weather at the time sure. as well and and also there'd been like some other polit- like political things going on that were unusual assassinations in foreign countries yes <laughs> you know so there was this sort of like strangeness about when the pandemic first hit yeah there was a lot of panic and a lot of uncertainty so yeah we managed to open in june so that was actually quite good and we had yeah. a solid five months of being open and it was really busy. So we've been now into month four of lockdown here in Germany, which is just insane. And like we've all adapted. We <laughs> talked about it last week, how we've all sort of like, this is my life now. You know, we've just sort of, I think that's the amazing thing about 
people that work in gastro or that work in creative fields, there's that sort of like the show must go on, you know, Mm. that sort of everyone just gets so creative and figures out how to make it work and, and the hustle continues. Yes. Yes. Um, so we hope that we can open again sometime soon and I know that you're in the same boat yeah, as well. Yeah, so same thing. Tattooing, of course, being very non-essential. Uh, we get shut down, yeah, because we obviously can't do our jobs without being in close contact with other people. So we're sort of in this... We're usually opened or closed around the same time as restaurants. But if Which is mad. Like, I, I still don't understand yeah. that because why can... Like, when you think about hairdresser... yeah. But I think that's the thing, like, I think there's, like, this balance of, like, governments opening things, not just about health and safety, but also for morale. Yeah, okay. And yeah. I think, like, hairdressers are one of those things that when people feel good, they, they act better. You know, that it just takes a little bit of misery. Yeah. Like, in Germany, bookshops and florists also being able to remain open. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, with tattooing, of course, I've had to, you know, in the last few years, we've talked about it before, I like doing... Uh, t-shirts and posters for importers and uh, winemakers and such so I got to do two of my first ever wine labels which was really exciting last year so I did uh, one for Mochi in Vienna a great uh, restaurant and uh, and Trummer wines and then this one which was a collaboration with uh, Noita in Finland and uh, more natural wine an online uh, selling platform here in Berlin that also did well because we're all at home <laughs> mm. So I think like it kind of already, this label for me shows a little bit of sort of like the adaptability of things, not only for myself, but also seeing people around me adapt and move in different directions. Yes. Yeah. Should we try it? Or should yeah. we try mine? Let's try know, yours first. Yeah. I, so I'm Solely got... based on color. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and I, I know I hate this because um, we've talked about this before, but... People commenting on wine colours, but when there's this colour wine, I'm obli- like I feel so compelled to be like, it's a beautiful colour. It's wine. just pretty. It's yeah. also okay that we, you know, it's something that you. I mean, this colour is also really pretty, kind that of is. magenta colour. So it's like we take things in with all of our senses, including our eyes. It's true. So what we've got here, have you tried this before? I haven't. I don't think Surprised, so. Surprised, actually. I haven't been doing a very good job, have I? So um, I haven't been drinking that much, actually. <laughs> just this one. I got paid with a lot. I got a lot of wine out of this. <laughs> so I've been drinking a lot of it. It's really yummy. So I'm pouring now the 2019 Judy 15 Rosato from Vino Diana. So it's a wine from Etna. Mm, it's the colour of like a Jura Pussar. So this has got Emily Harmon written all over it in a, more ways it's like than blood, one. It's like blood orange coloured yeah. almost. Like. A little cheers. Cheers. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Vino Diana, uh, the winery was set up in 2010 by um, Anna Martins, Vino Diana, and um, who is Australian, and her husband, who's French, Eric okay. Nari, who set up the first wine bar, like natural wine bar in in London, Terroirs. Oh, cool. He was behind Braun, behind Swaff. Wow, amazing! Um, and has an import business called Le Cave de Prenne that are also responsible oh, yeah. for the real wine fair. Right. So somebody that's been in the natural wine scene and world for a very long time. Um, yeah, so him and his wife, Anna. Anna's a winemaker. Oh, cool. She'd been working in a number of wineries in Italy and also in Australia. They met and then they set up the winery with the help of Salvo Fotti. Okay. Who makes the Evignieri wines. You know them, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
Salvo helped with planting some new vineyards for them, but they also purchased some old vineyards. So this is uh, a blend of two vineyards. One um, is called Tatarachi, which is their highest vineyard at 1,000 metres, or one of their highest vineyards. The, the vines are 70 years old. That makes up the majority of this wine, and the rest is from another vineyard of um, vines that are 110 years of age. Mm-hmm. It's predominantly Norella Mascalese, which for me is kind of the... Nebbiolo of the South, somewhere between Pinot and Nebbiolo, so it's got this lovely aromatic profile, sort of like, truffly, but then there's smoky. Something, yeah, there's something else though that's sort of like um, there's an earthiness say, like, always in the wine. I want to say pharmacy like, but there was a little yeah, like medicine a botanical, cabinet. Kind yeah, of. yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's all whole bunch, and it's made in um, uh, Georgian Quebrey, one thousand five hundred mm-hmm. liters. And they work completely mm. biodynamically in the vines. It's actually much lighter on the palate than the smell would have you believe. Yeah. I expected it to be more tannic, but actually mm. it's not as tannic. It almost has like a... It does have a little like blood it, quality to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think so too. Like a little like iron and... Mm. Yeah, so it's, all, vol- it's all volcanic soil and it's... Um, yeah, there is some sort of, some sort of meaty and yeah. umami about it. And earthy. Yeah. And I, I like it because it's kind of, you've got sort of citrusy, but then it goes yes. into fruity, and then it's, yeah, it's really um, kind of moorish. No, because I was trying to, when I, we were smelling, I was thinking, is it just the colour throwing me in the direction of, like, things like orange peel or mm. citrus peel? But I think it does have a little... I think it's in there, and I think you're right, there's also this kind of, a little bit of herbaceous edge to it too. And when you drink this wine, or when I drink this wine, mm. I find that... Um, you sort of discover more things as the bottle goes on. Right. And it's just kind of... This is kind of one of those bottles if you put it on the table, everybody really Got, drinks it quite quickly as okay. well. Cause yeah, because it's, it's easy. Actually, it's much easier than I salty almost. thought it would be. Yeah. What's the percentage on this? I'm, oh, 11 and a half, sorry. Okay. Jeez, yeah. A lot lighter. A lot lighter. Than yeah. It's <laughs> just like, how fast should I be drinking it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if it's 14%, maybe I'll slow down a little bit. Yeah, don't, shot, don't shot anything over 14%. Mm. But yeah, and I love the winery. So not big, um, six hectares in total. So quite small. Um, all biodynamic practices in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, they've even planted some ungrafted vines. Nice. And then, yeah, very, you know, I would say sort of the definition of natural wine. So they're unfiltered, unfine, nothing added. Uh, low to almost no sulfur in many of the wines. So and yeah, I, kind of a... I could see myself just drinking this with some snacks. Yeah. Do you know what I think? something. Like, Scrambled eggs and salmon for breakfast. I mean, I don't eat salmon for breakfast, but I can 100% see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking because to someone else about this with fish for breakfast. Not every, like, there's I just not, really I'm, black and white yeah, with this. I don't really like salmon so much. Mm. I find it too... Kippers? Fatty. Mackerel. Yeah. And mackerel's also I mean, fatty. My dad loves that stuff, yeah. So yeah, so does, him. yeah, exactly. So does Luke. <laughs> but I can totally see that with the eggs also, because mm. there is such an umami quality to this that it would mm. like... <laughs> exactly. That's Ludwig <laughs> giving his two cents. Ludwig. <laughs> He's Me like, that's too. right. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some. But yeah, so I've been drinking a lot of their wines. They also make a Palmento, wine called Palmento Rosso, which is so funny because I was going to bring that and it would have been really funny. It would have been like the Battle t- of the 
the juicy battle, reds. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Battle of the of the light, crunchy reds, and um, yeah. I mean, it, that's the thing. Lockdown. I know everybody's. There's a lot of memes floating about the internet as well about what, what's happening during lockdown <laughs> and what, we, what are people drinking. And it's definitely December was definitely like. Yeah. A lot of alcohol. It's weird because for us, like, the last lockdown, I think... The first lockdown, I think it took us three weeks before we even had a drop to drink. We were just in, like... Just didn't... Maybe we just were not in that... It's like we weren't drinking to, to get over anything, but we also didn't feel like celebrating anything. So it just sort of became this, like, non-period. Mm. And then Lucas discovered... I mean, we loved Negronis... And then we might have gone hog wild on the Negronis. And I think we went through like two bottles of Formula Antico, two bottles of Antico everything. Formula. Yeah, Antico yeah. Formula. We went through two of everything basically in that lockdown. We had some pretty... The six-week lockdown. Yeah, the short one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... We drink a lot of Negronis. <laughs> Lucas makes them... Like for us, they're like... That, uh, we love that for me. I was quite enjoying your so post during that first lockdown of like you were like having Baileys in your hot chocolate oh, or whatever yeah. you were doing first thing in the just morning, like this one's just like mitschus with everything it was so good it's been in Germany for some time also it was like because <laughs> we did so much gardening actually during the first lockdown and I'm really looking forward to spring now for the same reasons because I mean we managed to get like four kilos of tomatoes from our balcony uh 15 kohlrabis that are now being pickled. pickled. We pickled some baby carrots. We had yellow runner beans, five types of wild strawberries. Like, we just went nuts with the... Yes. What else did we have? Lettuce. We had two types of lettuce. Yeah, so it was great fun mm. trying to... Just focusing my energy into my house plants and then the outdoor plants and drinking Negronis in the sun. Because I think with the lead up to Christmas... And like that's been so weird because for everybody, especially for gastronomy and for the and for tattooing, our busy season is the autumn. Like for mm. us, well, for me especially, normally my busy season is September to December. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, my whole busy season, I've been busy doing other things. <laughs> that was only that was the one thing that I think was a bit of a shame with how it was handled over here. Being told that it would mm. only be a month long lockdown, so everybody put so much work in November to be open in December right. to then be told oh it'll be a week before Christmas and then like two Nothing. weeks before Christmas telling you that you're not able to open so it was like that I mean if we it, you know this is the thing in it's some again, ways I balance. wish they would give yeah. us just like rather than we'll tell yeah. you in two weeks we'll tell you in two weeks that you're constantly in this sort of you're treading water yes. the whole time exactly and so in some cases you feel like your head's not making it above yeah, yeah because you're just you don't know if you've got the financial security no, totally. to do it either um and i think that was part of their plan was to tell people incrementally because then they felt like people wouldn't panic but i think what they didn't realize is that actually this treading down it does wear people down also because, for a business because you're yeah, like totally. i don't know if i should i mean it's been great at how flexible and adaptable you've been but like we haven't been able yeah, to be as flexible no. and it's been like because you there's but always I'm the question of, should we invest in this yeah. but you've got a skill set that allows you to be able to... But this is the thing, though. Not every tattooer has been able to do this because these were also avenues that I'd already been planting seeds for the last few years. You know, this yeah. is basically two or three years' worth of work of me heading towards this direction 
that then was like that moment of opportunity when, okay, I can't do this, then I have to do something else. Mm-hmm. But I think not every tattooer was in that position because not every one of them has contacts to be able to do corporate illustration work or illustration work on the side or, you know, even know where to begin. Imagine if you were a tattooer in a studio where you didn't have a social media presence as well. Exactly. That's something else. Like I have to rely on social media, which has been really frustrating, I think, for everybody with all the new algorithms and reels and blah, blah, blah. And like how much focus we have to put on social media now. Yes. As wine merchants, sellers, restaurants, tattooers, creatives, you know, we, they hold a lot of the cards for us. And, and in your case, you also had somebody clone your social media yeah, account. Exactly. So if anybody does come across Gwen Douglas underscore, that is not Gwen. No, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the platforms that we rely on so heavily also don't always work for us. Mm. You know, it took, it, they still haven't taken down that account, which is now... It's madness. Yeah. And it's like, it's literally identical. Like, I, but they've just switched. That's the thing. They switched now to different accounts. And now yeah. they've, they've cloned an account in Spain. They've, you know, they're just moving from small business to small business. Mm. And unfortunately, even our social media outlets or platforms are geared towards making money they're all monetized Mm. so i mean it's quite interesting now during the pandemic having just that a little bit more time and space around yourself in some in some regards in others not because obviously like you're in kind of like i know i'm with work in some ways in a reactive rather than proactive state where it's like i just need to put out the fire in the house yeah yeah. i can't install the fire alarms right now yeah exactly you know and so that's sort of going on but then in some ways like there is this kind of with a little bit more spare time of not having to be here every right. single night for example just sort of looking at how this is impacting everybody right and who's profiting and who isn't right and who there's is a struggling. big imbalance between like you know i think there's like a difference between like being adaptable and and you know i don't know how many people are thriving let's say there's a lot of survival going on i know for myself i'm not thriving by any means like i'm surviving and i'm managing to like i know very few small businesses that are thriving no exactly at least in our sectors right you know i think like that's the thing like we can get by but that doesn't set us up for for the future that's why i think like it's super important that our governments actually invest in small businesses you know it's great to bail out the big guys because obviously they create a lot of jobs but people have to remember that Arts and culture, even, you know, we've mm. been amazingly lucky even to think, you know, one of those things where you have to count your blessings on even the tiniest things because restaurants have been able to at least do takeaway. What about all those performers that have no, it's really hard. I mean, you know this because you also teach yoga, that yeah. it's like people moving to online platforms. It doesn't work for everyone. You know, drag queens, ballet dancers. It's exhausting to be yes. on, on pla- online as well all the time. Like yes, just, it's draining. Even as a consumer like right. seeking out these Absolutely. forms of entertainment i know that if i have a day, half a day yet. on zoom i feel like i've done a 14 hour shift in a restaurant just in terms of it's how draining, mentally yeah. tired i feel just from staring at the screen all Absolutely. the time so i don't know, i think like i'm so excited for there to be like just some mingling i'm not even a mingler like i like being by myself <laughs> so like if i'm looking forward to it i'm sure everybody's looking all forward of the to extroverts it. in the world are like Mm. <laughs> I think I, I, no just to be able to have dinner parties yeah I just want to like see my friends and or be in a restaurant have a chat yeah I don't even need it I mean I feel bad because of course Berlin is such a the club scene is such a big part of what makes the city great and unfortunately we're at risk of losing all of that right now if um, yeah I know a lot of people that have considered moving from here because they're just I think it's been over a year and the re- everything yes. that gives them joy in the city doesn't exist right now so exactly. it's also like 
And I can, I, you know, of course, at first it seems like it's a bit impulsive, but actually, is it? Because we don't know how long we're going to be exactly. in this situation for, and it's sh- not, you know, it's, it's not a rehearsal. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's yeah. so much of this, we've talked about it before, that there's this feeling of pause. You know, I know a lot of tattooers are sort of on pause. Everyone's just sort of waiting. But that, unfortunately, life doesn't wait. Do you know what has been interesting about this time is conscious decision making being conscious about right how i spend my money where i spend yes. my money who i align myself with who like what i think about this like i think now more than ever these decisions and our our the, the way in which we place ourselves in the world is more important than ever so Absolutely. every single choice i make if i'm buying something if i'm hungry i'm not supporting chains for example Absolutely. because they i know that the supermarkets are making more money right. than they ever have yes Agreed. and that's not going to help this situation Agreed. for people so i know you guys have been doing yeah, this we've been order also, restaurant packages yes. and recommending and promoting yeah. other also, people's businesses yes and lucky trying also to you know because it's a thing you know when the money is moving it has to move through us it's yes. like so it's like i'm being supported by my clients who buy merchandise and buy whatever and companies that pay me to do things so then it's i feel my duty to share that you know do what little that i can to buy from small local places or promote mm-hmm. them that's the thing you don't have to have money to promote to make a post about your favorite restaurant you know everyone's financial situations are different but yes. it's like just those little things like amplifying on social media or just telling your mates and yeah, making conscious choices to make sure you're buying local and supporting the places you love so that they exist and remain in place mm. for when this is all done with. If this is ever done with. Which is actually interesting <laughs> because we just talked about it when we were talking about this episode mm. and, and lockdown that I was reading an article yesterday about this, uh, you know, like speculative wine, people that buy the really expensive stuff. But that actually the trickle down is that there might be a real positive impact for small local wineries and producers because people are more conscious now about where they're buying and that there might be this push towards buying more local and more and supporting what grows around you. So it could have a great positive impact in the future if we make these choices. Mm, I mean, I, th- I agree. And I think um, I think that's the only thing that I think I'd, I'm trying to encourage to do. And I've noticed that my thinking started to shift a little bit and I've been trying to do a little bit more work with educating myself on government policy on agriculture and things like that because of it's important for me now to find for the next step right. of like how can I be more of an activist in my industry right and actually the first step is educating myself yeah right to see what structures are in place because you can't change anything unless you know exactly what you're right. looking at and what you're dealing exactly. with um so I think now's quite a good time for sort of change doing that work and think about things that way but yeah, and just holding on for dear life yeah. whilst hoping that <laughs> Weathering this rest- the storm, yeah. basically, yeah. yeah. You know, being sort of stationary in one place, I really found that I was like, oh, is this, am I getting old? I've just like, <laughs> I'm popping over to people's places for cups of tea. I yeah, never yeah. did this before. <laughs> and you have like this kind of really, it like feels like more of a suburban life in the city in a way because you're right. doing these very kind of simple things going for walks playing board games having cups of tea i love it yeah like i feel very connected to everybody here on another level than i ever did before which actually like one of the things i really loved was like all the zoom calls and stuff because suddenly i was having cocktails with friends in other countries that i don't know why we didn't do this before to be honest like had some great times with friends in the reason we didn't do it before was because they and you could be in front of real people 
was also like having cocktails with Australians. It it felt very inappropriate to be having breakfast Negronis at ten in the morning while they were smashing back beers in Australia. But you know, three well, Negronis, a couple of bottles of wine later, and a full costume party that's spanned like Vienna, Berlin, Melbourne, Sydney. We we're all dressed up like the members of Tiger King. It was Tiger great King. fun. <laughs> You know, like, so, like, lots of weird stuff went down that you never thought you would do. And, like, you know, reconnecting with some of my Canadian friends that we now regularly meet online for a drink. Mm-hmm. Or one of my close friends in the Netherlands that now it's, like, you know, this week we wanted to treat ourselves. So it's, like, we each pulled out a bottle of, of Burgundy and sat and had a nice, nice chat, you know, and lit some candles and had a... Yeah, it's kind of making the occasion and making the ordinary extraordinary in some way. Like, just being a bit more creative about how can we just give this a little bit more zhuzh. And I kind of feel like I hope we could hang on to that. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think, like, there are lots of things that we learnt about ourselves and and about everything else that I hope continues on. Now that we're done this glass. Oh, yeah, let's try yours. I poured myself a second. We've swapped rolls. It was funny when um, oh, when I was recording the Beaujolais episode with Arlene as well because she was when it was coming on to the next wine she was like hang on a second Ooh. and I said oh my god you're really I was like it's literally like you're doing what Gwen does yeah. <laughs> like smash it back on because yes. you know in the past we've recorded on like Friday nights where I've like had a long week and then I'm really like thirsty yes. for it yes now we're actually being more moderate because it's a Monday morning <laughs> it's Monday morning. <laughs> I've only had two glasses so far. I mean, it's not only something I can do at all in the morning if I have to work, so mm. I'm very happy about this. What has been interesting about lockdown is the increase in e-commerce and how, um, like, how, how many sort of more exciting wine concepts are coming up online. Totally. Um, how many more people are craving, you know, going on to what you said about this, like making a little bit more of a occasion about things, sort of making more of an effort to do things at home. Like that's definitely, you're seeing that as well in the buying patterns of what people are doing in their homes as well. So ordering mixed cases of wines from better websites, you know, ordering these dinner packages and kind of, you know, people are really seeking that. So it's definitely a time where I think people have the opportunity to do some interesting home delivery and kind of interactive experiences with people at home. Yeah, because that's the thing. I think there's also, like, um, suddenly there are wines that need to be sold, that don't yeah. have places to be sold. So I think, like, it's also great for winemakers to be able to connect with online platforms or that restaurants can start doing sort of online shops. Like, I know Noble Heart and Schmutzig, I think they also do, like, a sort of... Um, I had the menu once. But not, not just the menu, but, like, they've made an online shopping platform where okay. other small businesses can also sell, doing that sell things yeah. like jams and whatever mm. else. So it's, like, yeah, it's, maybe these things carry carry over later, you know, that there's, like... A, and then the businesses hopefully be, have, yeah, you know, more breadth exactly. So I think term. So kind of like what you're doing as well, exactly. right? Exactly. Where yeah. it's, like, you know... Doing more commissions and... Yes, yeah, so it's, like, doing commissions, doing corporate work. Scarves. And, then, and also my web shop making scarves and this kind of stuff yeah so yeah diversifying because hopefully it it only helps later to have these sort of i managed to take time to work on them which i couldn't do before because of my full-time job so now it's like nurturing those things a little bit might lead to some blossoming later yes we shall hope let's have a little 
So actually, I've normally been drinking this one quite cold. So this is from Noita and is the winery's name, yes. right? And what's the name of the wine? So the name of the wine is Nouveau. Nouveau. Okay. Already dripped all over that one. So Nouveau, of course, being like a sort of, this came out uh, around the time that Beaujolais Nouveau would come out. So it was sort of their play on a Nouveau. Nouveau yeah. And then when I was asked through the label... Um, Chris really wanted to have the, the word separated into two. And of course, vo in French means like a baby cow. <laughs> so I was like, let's not fight it. Let's put some baby cows dancing in the style of Matisse on the front. Nice. <laughs> so we have some cows having a good time. So Noita is... <laughs> cows having a good time. Cows having a good time. Udders flying left, right, and center. <laughs> um, so Noita is actually uh, in... I mean, they're based in Finland, so they don't grow their own grapes. They're mm. an urban winery that uh, imports grapes from uh, Bergenland, Austria. And so this one is Blaufrankish, if I remember rightly. Oh, it's and there's a bit of Pinot Gris and Zweigelt. Oh, it's carbonic no. maceration of the three grapes. Yeah. yeah. To give it that sort of... Mm. I mean, the, the Gris obviously, obviously softens right. it out a bit, giving it that fruit, which is quite nice, because I think otherwise it could be quite crunchy. Crunchy, yeah. But, but I drank a lot of this... And I was drinking it quite cold, actually, just like a... Hmm. Do you know, like, um, are they working with the same growers every year? Is this the first that's vintage? What, that's what I couldn't find. Yeah. I think the Nouveau, this one, because this was a commission for a more natural wine. I mean, no, they did a 2019 Nouveau that had the egg sort of label mm. on it. So this one was, yeah, more natural labeled it. I don't know if they did their own. They had a second one. But yes. uh, as far as they know, yeah, they've been around for a couple of years now, a few years. I mm. don't know if they always buy. That's the one thing that wasn't clear from the website, if it's always the same growers or if it's like an association of growers that they buy from from Bergenland. But um, yeah, mm. this one is the 2020 vintage. So everything is handpicked and organic from within the EU. But most of it said that nearly everything is from Bergenland. And then they also, what I like about them is because they're an urban winery, so they have the grapes there. I mean, they're not in an urban setting. They're in a village in Finland. Mm. Uh, but they, it's the same idea. Um, but what's cool is like once they're, they're done with the grapes, uh, after pressing, they send them to a local distillery, which then makes uh, alcohol out of it. And then they get sent back what's left and they make a moonshine out of that. Okay. And then they also have a few apples. They have two apple ciders that get uh, made in quivery. So after the wine's taken out, then they put the cider in to impart some wine flavors. So they're really... Yeah. So the grapes go through a three, a triple process. They get used really till there's nothing left, which nice. I think is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're... I mean, that, I mean it's, for me, it's quite good to hear that because obviously with a project like this... It's kind of contra- like it's kind right, of right to ship something in. This was yeah, sort of I mean, my you know, idea. Like yeah. how making natural. This is also right, something totally. I think about a lot with natural wine. Is like it doesn't make sense when they're shipping barrels or vessels right. from all of this other parts of the world and the bottles and the corks and everything else. So, um, but they're just bringing grapes. Everything else they do yeah. themselves. So basically, yeah. like they bring the grapes over. But maybe for cold climate places, it makes sense because then you sell bottle and you're not shipping large amounts of bottles. You're just yeah. shipping grapes. And then the like heavy work of shipping bottles maybe is easier if then the distribution point is local. Yes. So I think that's the thing. There's always because I thought the same yesterday. Yeah. I was like, hmm, it's kind of an interesting concept to then like move grapes from one place to another. It'd be interesting to know how much of this wine, like, because it's obviously shipped here. Like, are they selling? Do you know? Like, I'd be interested to know yeah, where they curious. sell to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
But I think the fact that they're making as much use out right. of those grapes is like a good decision. Yes, and I think there are already like quite a few interesting, even like the other guys that make cider, the fruit stereo guys, you yes. know, where they take like apples that would ordinarily have been thrown away by people to then make ciders. So mm. I think like the Scandies have a, I mean, they like to be clever about things. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there must have been a balance of thinking if it's worth it yes. to do this. Yeah, because yeah. I thought the same. I was uh, interested in it. It was definitely like, because I wasn't drinking a lot during uh, lockdown, so it definitely wasn't drinking a lot of reds. But this one, even a little chillier than we're having it right now, for me was really, yeah, an easy... I like it. Yeah. Do you know what, how, much it's, how much it costs? I think it's not that expensive either, actually. Okay. I have to look it up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so this one was made from more natural wine, so they sell it on their website. And I've done t-shirts and stuff for them in the past. They've been, this what's been really nice also with some of these small companies that I work with, that there is also this mind to like also have local artists or small, small artists do things. Oh, hi. You're, oh, and he's back. You at least have to like show yourself so that no, I was people... Getting a bit, I was getting a bit distracted then because of uh, Ludi was, couldn't settle. So that's why I put he's the bed got, like, in between because I thought it might help. You've got like eye boogers all over your face. For those that are... Oh, 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 Gwen, that's gross. He has to smell them or he oh, won't. Oh, that is so gross. <laughs> so for anybody... <laughs> did he just eat it? No. Okay. I wiped it on him. Oh, oh God. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's better than him eating it. I used to have a, an ex's dog used to eat his own boogers. This one was just a little eye goop. So for everybody who's on audio, which is most of our <laughs> listeners... <laughs> Probably wondering what the hell is going on. So Gwen's just picked up her dog Ludwig and uh, taken his eye. He had a bit of an eye dust, dugger. yeah, sleepy dust out of the eyes, and then she put it on her finger in front of his mouth. And I thought he was about to no, eat it, but he she likes was smelling to smell it, which is also weird. Yeah, but what can I say? He's a scent hound. He was like, he's will not if you don't let him smell whatever you've removed from him. He gets really upset. He wants to know. I mean, it's a, he's a clever dog. He wants to see yeah, if he has enough. an eye infection. <laughs> You're a clever boy. Yeah. Anyway, so that was back that. to the wine away from <laughs> yeah. the, the eye boogers. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm actually really excited for I want to try their moonshine. So yeah, mm. grape pomace moonshine. Sounds good. It's like a 43%. So it's like a grappa. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, oh, I thought it was whiskey, but it's actually not a whiskey. It's, um, it gets given to a beer. To look at my nuts. Well, I guess because most breweries have a still as well, right? Yeah. So it's distilled so in a brewery. So I think what it is is that they make wine, then it goes to a beer place, I think, next, and then it gets okay. made into... It's a bit confusing. Nice. You just have to Google it. Google Noita. It's all on their website. Noita. I've printed out the website, basically. It's a catchy name, isn't it? Noita. Yeah. I, it looks... I don't know what it means. Yeah. But it looks, it looks cool. I love the packaging. Know. It's great, Gwen. Are you happy with the label? Yeah, totally. Oh. Also, because I think um, they have a really strong brand identity anyway, which is very, like, pop which totally I loved that I got to do something for them because, yeah, their labels are also always really cool and uh, they have very eye-catching, bright colour, big, bold yes. shapes. So, yeah, really fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So that's lockdown. That's, lo- <laughs> that's lockdown. So that's lockdown. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> wine labels. Mm. Yeah. Have you got any more wine labels coming up? Maybe. Maybe nothing I can talk about yet, but I do have a perfume label that's coming out okay. with a German uh, brand called Evora. 
and I did some um, some other other illustrations for them earlier in the year. Uh, they're launching an equality line, so this perfume will be unisex. Okay. And uh, yeah, great. I'm great. So I guess oh, that's it for this catch one. Up. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back, and our next episode will be on the Loire. Yes. So I'm a excited. selection of wines from the Loire. Yeah. Good and, springtime um, topic, I think. Yeah. In the meantime, we'll pop up every now and again on Instagram Live, yep. and should. So, I guess you can find us online on Twitter at. Do we even remember what? <laughs> Juice.podcast. That's the Instagram. Is Instagram. Juice.podcast. Instagram. And I think it's juice underscore podcast on Twitter. Twitter. That's and, it. And uh, that's it, really. And then you can find me and Gwen individually. Yes. At Gwen Douglas. Gwen Douglas. Not Gwen Douglas underscore. And Gwen with a U. Mm-hmm. Not a W. And uh, you'll find me on Vina Looper on Instagram on all of the... Yeah. Platforms. Yes, as well. Super. So we'll see you in three weeks. We'll be back with wine geekery and other things. Other things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, 